Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. I'm on a switch. Full Service Radio. You know what show I watched earlier today? What'd you watch? Everyday Struggle. I, I like. I like. Legit sat, sat through like a good twenty minutes of it. I checked to see if they have like good YouTube views, like just a view count. And yeah, what's that looking like? like? It's like two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand an episode, which is not bad. It's not as high as it was with Joe. Right. But I thought they were going to get completely like pummeled after that that change, and then Star came on for a couple months, and that didn't work out either. Right. So when you got two of the most profile, high-profile names, whoever graced that show, leave and them still kind of be able to do their thing, it's either a testament to the show, like you know, um, the formal, you know, act in a desco, or it's just a complex machine, you know. I think it's a combination of both, to be honest. Word, word. So, so what kind of a uh, piqued your interest from uh, the show? I don't know. Like I hadn't watched it for a little while, and um, I think they were talking about how um, Cam. Cam dissed Nas back in the day or something like that. And then oh, yeah. M, uh, J- Joe had like six different chances to sign M, but didn't. Were So I think I see a lot of heads nodding at the table. So it's a perfect time to just go ahead and introduce. Yo, welcome to Over the Shoulder. This is the uh, Creative Space podcast where creators create and talk face to face. We're down one man in terms of our, uh, our, our main trio. Might as well be here. down too because he, I'm He's sick. definitely missed. But uh, I'm, your, I'm your host, Backpack Matt. Um, now I'm Thomas the Great. And we have some homies in the house. Uh, uh, so we have three homies in the house, actually. So shout out to my man, Honorable Ant, to the left of me. Uh, I know you as a, just a general curator, person of good taste, um, people who I'm really cool with, who I, who I rock with, also rock with you. So just by association, like I knew you were just a good person. So I don't even know if there's a particular title to introduce you as, but I, I vouch for this dude as just being dope. So welcome to the show. Hey, well, I really appreciate you for having me, man. Thank you. That means a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to my right, I got my man, Jay Cunningham, who uh, accompanied us today. So we got some additional additional guests, more than we expected. So I think it's going to be a great dialogue. Full house. What's up, Jay? How you doing, bro? I'm feeling good, my brother. Real good. Real good. Happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then off to the corner, uh, who's not on the mic, my man, Amir. Shout out to Dry Goods and Garments. I got like hella Dry Goods and Garments merch. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah, man. Amen. Shout out to them. Follow them on IG. Some of the best... uh, Merchandise you can get out here. That's a fact, man. Yeah, I've seen I've seen it in person myself. I definitely vouch for that. Word, word, word. Uh, definitely one of the sponsors for the first SBO I threw on 420 as well. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. Uh, shout out to Capital Confections for, um, you know, uh, the good times. So anyway, yes, back indeed. to... Uh, back they knocked to, me on my ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so back to everyday struggle. So Cam, Cam and Nas, right? So apparently Cameron said that he regrets dissing Nas back in the day. Because Nas threw a shot at them first, Dipset, just by proxy of being, you know, associated with Jay and right. Rock. And so they decided they couldn't go tit for tat with him because if they responded with one song and he responded again, he would probably kill him. So they, he said, like Cam said, the Dipset was just going to do a whole mixtape. They did a whole mixtape and throughout the whole mixtape, they just dissed him the whole time. And so, you know, he says later on, 20 years later, he regrets that. Um, you know, going that hard and, and stuff like that. So it's good to see growth. Cam and Nas would have been good together. But. Absolutely. He said yeah. he, he said he revered Nas. Like, Nas was, like, one of his favorites and to get dissed by him and, you know, kind of hurt. But the way that he reacted to it was, uh, 
a little over the top. What do you think? I mean, almost yeah. that's almost as as in, in certain fights, that's almost as a man should do. Like somebody hits you, you go and hit him back somehow. But other times, it's like, have you learned your lesson? Like, have you grown as a man? Is this fight really worth my energy? So I don't know. And the as he reflected on it, that's kind of what I caught from it. We, we just in the same breath that we get a mature Gucci, we somehow we get mature Cam, which is very interesting. Yeah. I see it from that perspective that Thomas presented as well. I mean, the way that I see it, it's personal growth. And he's looking back now like, damn, that was a waste of time and effort, you know, to somebody that he potentially could have rolled with. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right. And I mean, it's unfortunate because there could have been some great projects. A you know, lot of missed opportunities. Know. Absolutely. Right. So I, I, that reminds me, I just started listening to Mike Tyson's podcast. The Hot Boxing Joint? Hot Boxing Joint, yeah. right? So obviously, I'm, I listened to the, the latest episode, which was a Joe Budden episode. I'm mm-hmm. a huge Joe Budden fan. The podcast. Was Joe Budden chiefing on it, though? I didn't watch the YouTube video, but I assume everybody was chiefing his sound. You could, you can, you can hear when they. Yeah, but was. Joe, on the other hand, has had his uh, his runnings with, with, with harder drugs. drugs harder yeah, drugs. So, so I don't know, man. It would almost make you deviate from smoking. That's that too. I mean, that's something to consider. Uh, I know. Back to what you were saying about growth, right? Right. Um, Tyson was just going for the first twenty minutes of the episode. He was like, "Yo, like I was just living reckless out here. I, you know, I thought my ego was driven by." You know, me being like godlike and me doing the right, you know, it being destiny for me. And, you know, I was out here. He said he was just like could caught so many diseases and got caught up in the law, got arrested. You know, the Mike Tyson story. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy just listening to him now, like this older Mike Tyson, like regretful, super humble and like, you know, wishing that, you know, he's him saying, acknowledging that his his success, which also was was driven by the same thing that led to his downfall which wasn't necessarily him actually f- being godlike you know a lot of that uh came from and being human him being bullied as a kid right so it was the source of that retaliation or that source of that energy was always misdirected you know and so it's interesting as creatives in this space i know we're all, all kind of over 25 i assume mm-hmm. uh, ballpark so I feel like we're at a point where we're like calming down a little bit, not wilding out as much. Right. Sure. So what does that look like for y'all? That's false. I mean, <clears throat> my lifestyle allows me to continue to stay youthful as far as like, I mean, I, I'm a celebrity trainer, so I get to go on tours and it's taken me a lot of places I never knew where I'd ever go. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I haven't slowed down. If anything, I've sped up. Right. I'm 31 and over the past six years, seven years, it's just been go, 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 go. Well, not necessarily slowing down, but I'm, you know, so I. But, I, but more so, like, I, I, I kind of get what you're saying as far as removing the, the bullshit. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And and sometimes, I mean, let's face it. I mean, some of that bullshit is actually things that uh that we create for ourselves. Talk about so it. So it's like most of the time, a lot of, yeah. a, all the time. I mean, a lot of my my lifestyle now is the byproduct of me just being myself. Mm-hmm. You know, like I didn't necessarily. I got out of high school, got out of college, I played ball in college. And I thought I'd go pro. I didn't go pro. So I had to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. And of course, as a creative, we're all creative. We're all creative beings. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Everybody that has a breath in their body is creative. So it's like I, as an athlete, we're not taught often to look towards creativity. We're taught towards to look towards like just our our physique, our athleticism, whatever. Right. You know, so I never had the opportunity in the four years of college to even try to open up into the space of creativity because I was so just bought into, into sports and football. So the last five years or six years of my life has been me really trying to find what that groove is that I was, in my mind, missing 
growing up or even missing in college? Like, mm-hmm. what did I miss socially? Um, what did I miss just in all in all areas? What made women? Right. You know, understanding Re- redefinition women. of self almost. Exactly. So that's kind of been my journey, and at this place I'm at now, I'm very fortunate to say that like, it's 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 definitely a lot of shit that I've dealt with and it's gonna continue to deal with because of the path I've chosen, but the shit that I deal with is mine. Word. And as a creative, that's very important to recognize that like, most of the shit that we put out into the world is ours. Accountability. Yeah, exactly. And so where I'm at now, I mean, I slow down every now and then, but I mean, I have a community of people around me like Ant and Amir that keep me kind of, uh, keep me an ear to what's going on in the culture, an ear to what's going on in, 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 in the popular world, because sometimes I'm not even in it. Word. You know, so it's, it's pretty cool. Follow-up question. Um, so very wise and you've learned all of this through a journey right Mm -hmm. and you know a lot of this is why you were an athlete in college and and now you're training people you're training celebrities high profile individuals probably athletes as well Mm -hmm. so what game are you imparting on them besides just like the training routines and all that from your perspective and what you what you get i uh i took a year off of life uh when i was like 26 and i moved to costa rica Mm -hmm. I lived in Costa Rica in an intentional community called Pachamama. Shout out to Pachamama. And um, did a bunch of plant medicine, uh, did a bunch of yoga, meditated a bunch. Um, did the things that uh, we are now pushing towards people to do. Traveling. Yeah, you know, right. all, all that stuff. Wellness. So it, it, it allowed me to see that joy and happiness and all these things, uh, it's a choice. It's not always a set of circumstances. It can right. be a choice in your mind to choose whatever circumstance you're in to not look at it from that standpoint and be like, yo, I'm good. I'm alive. I got I got fingers. I got toes. I got a nose. I'm good. And so with the athletes and the celebrities, a lot of times, like when I'm on tour, I just started off with a DJ named Grizz. He's from Michigan, and he's a pretty popping electronic DJ. And for the most part, a lot of them aren't really geared towards ever being humble. Mm. They're always on the stage. Right. And so to them, they need people around them that actually humble them. Because they can't do it for themselves. Right. You know, they are the star. Right. And so for me, I go on tours and I'm the guy that's not involved in the music. I don't give a fuck how they sound. I don't care about how successful their tour is. I care about how successful they are as a person. So the industry is now looking towards doing that a lot, a lot now. Like, there's a lot of artists, a lot of managements are now like, yo, these artists' mental health is way, way more important than the music they're putting out. Because the music they're putting out, we're eating up, but they're dying right. putting it out. So... That's kind of the niche I've carved out in the community of music for myself. That's that's powerful. And I, I, you have something to talk about? Well, one thing that I, I've kind of been stressing to my homies, stressing to those who don't necessarily create, is that people don't realize what, the depth of where some of the creativity comes from. So, like, you know, as they say, if you're creating, if you're pouring from an empty cup, mm-hmm. then there's nothing there to give, and you may be eating away at yourself, for lack of better words. Um, so yeah, it's definitely important to keep that sort of crew around you, and I commend your work already. Oh man, appreciate it. Trust me. Yeah. So uh, shout out to Jeremy Hurt, who was a former guest on the show, friend of the show. He has a podcast called Let's Talk, bro. I was recently on Super the show. Super important. Yeah, and uh, you I'm know, trying to be on it. Yeah, I need to get you <laughs> me on too. there. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you know, the the episode that we did was kind of focused on men are trash, right? And I don't want this episode to be you know part two of that. Yeah. But one thing that you know, for me, since my wilder days of just being more reckless in every facet of life is recently like starting therapy, right? Like right. I go every two weeks, I have a black male therapist who's like in his late 30s, mad cool. 
But kind of talking to what Jay was saying with being that trusted advisor to some of these celebrities who are always on on, like I don't think I'm that have that type of schedule, but you know, I have a lot going on in my head. So to have a trusted advisor or my therapist who I can just, you know, tell everything and he will help map my shit out and keep me grounded has been like in two sessions it's already started to see some I've right, started two to sessions in. Two sessions in. And we haven't even really dove, dove deep. We yeah. just starting to like map shit out, you feel me? And I'm right. getting excited, you know. But just to open it up to the room, like, you know, what is that for you? What is that therapy for you, you know, for each of you? For me personally, um, a lot of people might not know, but I meditate every morning. Hmm. As soon as I wake up, have yes. some water, and then just kind of try to map my day out, how I want to get things done. And, you know, over the course of the day, if things might not go as planned, you just have to... Recenter yourself almost. It, exactly. And just take that as a sign, as you know, it might have not meant to be at that time, but... You're going to get to it, whatever you got to get done. Yeah. Clear space. Yeah, clearing your headspace early on. For sure. Yeah, yeah one, of, one of the things, uh, I think I've said this in a podcast before, one of the things that I, I've done or do, I have done in the past and currently do, is that, like, I'm very social. So a lot of times when I'm driving to said place, especially if I'm driving from far away, I don't listen to any music. Wow. And, like, kind of weirds my girlfriend out sometimes when we're traveling somewhere and I'm not listening to anything, but, like, it allows me to have, kind of have my own thoughts before right. I go to meet whoever. Because, you know, sometimes I will be coming into that situation with a, with, a, um, with a certain amount of knowledge. And meeting, let's say, him, I know that he's a celebrity trainer. I might spout off who he's worked out with or something like that. Mm-hmm. But because I collected myself, it becomes a regular natural conversation. Yeah. You've so, organized yourself. Yes, organized. It's all like I see a constant thing. It's just like people want organization, you know. But um, maybe just from it's, – it's hard to just get that from everybody around you, but to at least have one person is key. Well, Definitely. I think I think organization gives our ego a little bit of control. So Talk about like, it. Okay. If, if our mind down. is if, – if our mind, which can be quite of a monkey, as they say, if it can jump around and move here and there and give us thoughts that we don't even understand and give us thoughts that we never created – um, and subconscious plays in that role too. It's like hmm. we literally, our ego's like, yo, we got to assemble some control. Hmm. So you need a routine. You Check need something balance. that allows you to actually be still and be in control of something because for the most part, our minds are the biggest victims and the biggest victor that we have. You know, like our mind can take us a million different ways. So for me, one of the practices I that I do. words you just hit. That, that was a good one. Every morning is uh, I. And it's, it's something that I, I mean, because I teach, a, I have a, my own class that I teach called the Jossie Method, and I travel, and I teach it uh, music festivals, wellness festivals, like Wonderlust. Um, and my whole goal is to let people know that, like, yo, every morning is an opportunity because 151,000 didn't wake up the day that you did. Right. So when you wake up, just always recognize that there's mad people that don't wake up. Mm. And so you have to take that as an opportunity to be like, yo, I'm good. I'm okay. I'm alive. Mm-hmm. Mindset, framing, and, positioning. And it frames your whole day. Yeah. Because then the decisions that you make from that point on are made from a place of love, not right. from a place of fear. Right. I'm adding value. You know? Well. Yeah. And I'm, I make sure that in my class, I tell people, I don't do it every day. I ain't going to lie. But I used to write a love letter to myself every morning. Hmm. And as a man, as, as, as someone that identifies with a certain type of culture, a certain consistent culture, most niggas that look at me, they're like, yo, what? what? You write a love letter to yourself, son? Why you do that? Mm-hmm. What's I'm that like, about? What you talking about, son? So, yeah, exactly. They're like, yo, what you mean? So basically, it's like we always seek partnership outside of ourselves. 
we're taught that from birth. Like, we're conditioned into partnership outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. Go get married. Go right. get a girlfriend. Go get a partner. Right. We don't even realize that the first partner you have is yourself. And right. if you can't do that can't relationship right, that, yeah. then no other relationship is going to work. Right. It's just point blank period. J. Cole says something about, uh, like, dating women or dating a woman who he loved, but um, she had a lot of holes in her heart from previous traumas hmm. and how although he loved her he had to remove himself because she was using him and trying to position him to fill those holes mm. what song is this it was an interview snippet that I oh okay about. interview snippet if gotcha. I can track it down I'll throw it in the show description gotcha, but gotcha, yeah, gotcha. Uh, yeah and it goes it's, vice versa too for men right you know you can't try and, we like, need fill holes we, with and men we're not taught to be intimate Right. We're not taught to actually be vulnerable. Right. We're taught to escape these things through talent, through merit, and through just physical. And keeping attributes. up a certain pace or face. You feel me? Right. And so that, that love letter is something that is yours. Like when I write it, I read over it sometimes like a week later, and I'm like, yo, what was I on that morning, son? Right. What was I talking about? Right. But I realize that every day is day one of day one. Mm-hmm. And so yesterday might have been trash. But today is not going to be trash. Right. Right. Like the stock market. Exactly. Day to day, you might think, you know, the world's coming to an end. But over time, you know, if you look into this long-term perspective of things, things have always gone up. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like that's like a, uh, its own interesting version of uh, journaling. It is. That's, it's, I, I extract a lot of my things from my mentors. I have beautiful mentors in the world. And one of them gave me a book like five years ago called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. Hmm. And it has in this, the first prompt is called The Morning Pages. You're basically supposed to wake up in the morning. Now, don't brush your teeth. Don't do shit. And just write for two pages full of just whatever's on your mind. Just dump. It's just a brain dump. Emotional Just dump, get all dump. that shit out so that you can have a clean slate to start the day with. And I did mm. that for two and a half years. And, bro, it works. Like, I can't even. It fucking works. Like What, what has been the long-term kind of benefits for you? I think, overall, I truly do embrace the newness of every day. Mm. Um, which is hard for people because we live in the traumatic events of our past. Right. Mm-hmm. So like trauma is a placeholder for people. So it's like if somebody did something to you when you were 13, you're still 13 until you forgive them for doing that. Right. right. And so it's like we live with the memories like of time so- stamps. Yeah, you yeah. feel me? And like we keep them because we like it. Right. That's easy to remember. Yeah. yeah. We're like, oh, I remember this. And we actually can have a better, some of us have a better understanding of now by revisiting those trauma. So we're like, okay, I can right. understand where I'm going now because of that. Right. Me, I'm like, Let's forget that shit. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, let me throw that away right quick. Yeah, you feel yeah. me? Like, let's be real. I mean, the the simple fact that every six or seven years we get a new slave narrative movie that comes out to reteach people what we were. All these things. It's like, I would love to see us have a space and an, an opportunity to not have to relive the painful moments of our past. Because not only does that, it, it, it conditions us to do it as individuals. Because the collective society does it. Right. And so it's like, I would love to just see people just wake up in the morning and be like, yo. Day one a day one, new day, I'm good. Right. And just do that. Start Even if you wake up first. and just say thank you, it's it's a start. Yeah, so you gotta get rid of that wear and tear. Gotta get rid Amen. of it, bro. I mean, my man dropping knowledge today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just sitting here in awe, just listening, you know what I mean? So um I just thank you for bringing introducing books into the, the discussion. So okay. I just started reading this book. I just finished this audio book called Never Split the Difference and it was this former FBI negotiator of like, you know, people who were like kidnapping Sound like a map robbing book. banks, yeah. you know, holding <laughs> people hostages and stuff. So it was it was basically from his experiences talking people literally off the ledge mm-hmm. or 
out of those type of situations, how to negotiate. And I feel like everybody at this table uh, negotiates as part of their kind of like career functions in some sort mm. of way. Um, so, you know, one key thing, which is maybe low hanging fruit, but people always uh, forget is asking open ended questions, you know, discovery questions like, you know, endearing yourself to people that you're negotiating with by like, you know, allowing them to get their shit off. And if, even just by asking them open ended questions, not only are you not talking the most, but you're getting the intel from them. So mm. it's that type of strategy as well. So just going around the room, like from just your, your personal experience, like what has been something that you've learned in terms of negotiating effectively? Wow, that's a good question, bro. Yeah. Negotiation tactics. Okay, Matt. That, that's good. Like, I don't even know. I feel like since we're taking an no, episode there, like you might as well just like just get all the gems out for me. I think I think uh, I have a problem with this. I don't listen um, mm. because I'm always on the stage talking to somebody. I'm always talking to somebody. Period. Because that's my job. Right. And so. For me, when I do take the opportunity to just sit and just, as my father said, just bask in the ambiance of that, of that person and whatever they're saying, whatever they're going through, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you realize how we all want to be heard. Mm-hmm. And so when we do feel like we're heard, we, we kind of we move a little closer in. Exactly. Like, he's listening to me. Oh, shit. Right. He's acknowledging me. Exactly. Yeah. He's seeing me. Right. Yeah. Like, we all want to be seen. I actually just practice in my method where I make people eye gaze for, like, I do like four or five rounds of it, but I make them do it for three minutes each. Hmm. And when you look into someone's eyes without talking or prompting, it's fucking awkward, bro. Yeah, like to just stare at somebody, bro. Sounds like, uncomfortable. People start laughing. Yeah. People start giggling because you don't know what the other person's thinking. Right. And most, the most stress that we gain from being out in the world is the fact that we don't know what people are thinking. Right. We're looking around a room like, I wonder, I wonder if I look good to this. Thing. I wonder right. if I feel, you know, it's, <laughs> that's just how we think. And we don't recognize that that person's thinking the same thing. Right. So we all in the room just being awkward as fuck. Human beings are so awkward to me. Yeah. And like, we're just awkward, bro. And so in negotiation or even when I do deals or whatever, I have a manager that handles a lot of things for me. But when it comes to like me stepping in, it's always fun because they don't expect it. They're like, oh, shit. Why, why are you on this email channel? Why are you talking? I'm like, because this is a part of my negotiation. Right. I'm not going to let you just run me through my manager or anything. Right. I'm going to step in at some point and say, hey. What's up? I'm here too. Let's right. talk. Um, mm. And when when you do that, even it gives him an opportunity to like see like oh shit, he cares about his brand. He he's cares about what he's doing. This. Yeah, it's passion. Yeah. And a lot of times in this society, we take passion for granted and we monetize it and we lose the passion. Right. And so for me, I've been in a stage of trying to keep my passion in a certain container that mm-hmm. it can't be monetized because like you can't do what I do. Right. And so, and it's the same thing when I look at hip hop culture. I'm like hip-hop culture was created by the descendants of slaves mm-hmm. and yet through it we're still fighting for crumbs on the table right in and the so, in the genre <laughs> in the, in, in yeah. the genre yeah. you know mm-hmm. so it's like if we don't recognize that at the table of negotiation we are the power holders right we are the people that hold all of the keys we're never going to have you know a next step yeah or a we, step we forfeit our leverage yeah quick bro for yeah. dollars because the mindset that we think that we have no leverage hey, yeah. boy that's that's what it is yeah. we think we're powerless so we act powerless but also going back to what you were saying about even just like masculinity and just men not you know being shelled mm-hmm. around other men most of the time right like that exchange of knowledge to prevent somebody walking into a bad situation rarely happens or doesn't happen enough we don't we don't talk about stuff like this this often to get consensus 
you know. And even here, we got four people in the room, four men in the room, you know. So I wish more people could be in the room for these type of discussions and, and kind of emulate this stuff more. Could most definitely, most definitely. Definitely I, beneficial. I feel like um, one tactic that I use over maybe probably other people is uh, emotional intelligence. Talk so, about it. So for me, um, I call I, I guess as the common word they, they call it is like being an empath. Yeah. So a lot of times I just simple ask simple questions like, how you doing? Like I'm, I'm an Uber driver on the side. So like I get a person gets in the car, I say, how you doing? And then that'll let me know if they want to talk or if they don't want to talk. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, a, a heavy answer might bring another question. Hmm. Um, or, sure. you know, coming back to the negotiation table, you know, if I know that. If if I, if I know maybe where the person's mind state is, it allows me to understand what their next move may be. Hmm. So that may bring the number higher, lower, whatever whatever I want it to be. Um, and then at the same tacket, like at, at the same time, in human relations, if you better understand the person in front of you, it allows you to help you know push things in your direction, push things in their direction, or or anything like. So I would say that's that's one of the things that I think about a lot. That's dope. Yeah, I, yeah. I think emo- as I've gotten older, I think emotional intelligence is like one of the strongest attributes to mm-hmm. have. Right. You know, you can have all the analytical skills that you, you want, but unless you can communicate that properly to people and know how to read a room, know how to read individuals, you know what I mean? Like really find out the entire landscape of the situations that you're in, you're, you're going to be blind. Right. You're going to have blind spots at least. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. And, and I just throw this out there, um, you know. I, I fell in love with this whole idea of um, of hugs heal, hmm. and I was like, you know, growing up, my father never hugged me, unless you know I scored a touchdown, and it was still like, what, what's what's up, nigga, good yeah. job, yeah. <laughs> and I never understood why until I realized that masculinity for most men is a prison, hmm. especially if you can't fulfill the role that society says you need to fill. Right. And so, as a man, if you're not the breadwinner, you automatically feel weak, hmm. and so you act from that place of feeling powerless and feeling weak. And I have family members that do that same thing because they don't feel worthy they don't feel like um they deserve anything right you know because they're not fulfilling their man or masculine role in this in the society right and that's men are struggling silently like yeah. i talk to even the celebrities every everyone's struggling because even their masculinity is even in, in prison right because they have to up, obtain and uphold like this image that most people can never uphold is this archaic structure yeah bro we're right. living like just the simple fact that there are laws that are still in place from the 1700s. Right. It, it, it doesn't even make sense. Right. And, we, and it's, it and doesn't we, make sense. And so, and then we think about it, you know, like in this country, at least as black people in this country, we're still fighting for things that we've always been fighting for and we'll always continue to fight for until we recognize that we're the ones that hold the keys yeah. in this country. It was created on the backs of our ancestors and we're standing on their shoulders but yet we're not acknowledging it. Mm. And we're just out here just just tricking, as I say. Everybody so do you tricking. feel like we're spinning our wheels as like a... As a, as I, a think, I think there is an opportunity um, in every generation to have these conversations in a better form. I just don't think we have them often enough so yeah. that the elephant in the room continues to grow. Right. And so by the time, you know, you really want to talk about it, you don't feel like you can because that nigga's looking right at you. Right. And so for me, I, I speak on it because like, that's basically my whole world. And so like one of my biggest tactics to come back to it is hugging because 
it automatically disarms people. Right. Even if they don't want to hug you or you just throw your hands out like this. Right. Come on now. Yeah. They have no choice. It's the, it's the ultimate icebreaker. And so I, I, I've studied this. Like, you know, you need, I think they say 12 hugs a day. Um, oh, to truly feel connected to, like, not just yourself, but your surroundings, the world that exists around you. And mm. most people, like, when you ask niggas, like, how many hugs you had today? None. You know? And that goes for weeks. I asked my the other day. I was, like, I was like, how many hugs you had this week, bro? <laughs> See, real shit. And he was like, shit, my nigga, shit. I'm my yeah, mom's. tally them up. I don't know. You know, my hey, mom's. That counts. I was like, you had two hugs in a week. Counts. That's sad. And then if you haven't seen your mom's, how about well, them one? Who you hugging? Right. That's really, that's really the question. And I think as men, we shake hands, we dap. Nigga, I'm going to just keep it a buck. We need to hug more. I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah. niggas need to hug more. Men need to hug more because Thoughts? It's, it's, to me, it's a necessity to break that vulnerability. It's a good embracement. It's good. <laughs> He's like, I second that. I second that. All right, uh, just to lighten it up a little bit, let's talk uh, sneakers. I know I got two sneaker aficionados. Three. That's, 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 oh, word. Talk that's that the first thing so I noticed. Just moderate. I just really want to moderate the discussion. I got my shadows on today. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I got saying, on the, you know. Got, 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 everybody got the sauce. Got, 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 <laughs> but yeah, just uh, we don't really have enough sneaker dis- discourse here, so I'd love for you to get your shit off. There it is. Um, I mean... I, I almost want to call myself a retired sneakerhead. Don't say that. I, but but I more so say that for the practical purposes behind it. Um, I mean, I just got to be smarter about how I buy my sneakers. So, you know, these guys that I got on my feet today from Need Supply for $40. So I'm, I'm definitely proud of that. Yeah. Um, Go purchase. I, I've de- yeah, definitely. Um, Solid purchase. I've definitely gotten a wind of a few cute coupons. Um, shoe coupon sites that I definitely use as much as I can um, I like those. kicks deals and sneaker deals and, and yeah. different things like that um, each one teach one <laughs> definitely but I mean for me like as we like everything we've been talking about today is there's kind of a, a, a root um, a root premise of expression mm-hmm. um, I feel like that's what really makes a true sneakerhead yeah because <laughs> at the end of the day like whether it's in a fashion designer or in how he's talking about expressing himself, like this is a reflection of yourself. So, you know, today I'm not feeling as great. You know, I got, I got, I feel halfway sick. I'm recovering, but I'm feeling halfway sick. But, you know, I got the Adidas on, I got the Adidas pants and then the, the van shoes and I, I feel good today. It's you see the what uniform, I'm different types of uniforms, mm-hmm. different types different of uniforms types of for yeah. different things, different modes, man. But yeah, man, what, what about you? What, what, what What's yeah. your, Ant is the sneaker king, by the uh, way. Let me nah, tell you nah, something, y'all. Nah. Every every day on uh, IG, yeah, I'm expecting I've seen some them on picture. Nah. Yeah, I, with I was some looking. Shoes. I was looking while you've been sitting here. The Jordan ones Bro, there. Somebody got the Vomeros on. Some of the yeah, kicks he sure. has, I have never even seen colorways, and I'm like, yo, where'd you get that? He's like, I had this since '98. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> right, <laughs> bro. Yo, we gonna talk. Right. Go ahead, Ant, Man, that's show. funny. Get it off. Let's but, get it off. For me, I mean, it really is a form of self-expression, I would say, because what a lot of people don't know, too, is I did attend private school, like, way, way back. And back at that time, you know, it's like they were wearing uniforms, and then that was before PG County had to wear uniforms for public school. Yeah, Yeah. I got... That happened? Yeah, Yeah. I got swept up in that. That was like, yeah, late 2000s. It's crazy. And basically, back then, shoes were, like, the primary way you could express yourself, like... The first pair of shoes that ever caught my attention were some SBs. Okay. I want to say it was like the De La Souls, the uh, green ones. Ugh. Yeah, I had those. I the, had those. The highs, I believe. The highs, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, and then like at that time, shoes were pretty much how everybody showed what they were into. 
because pretty much like you could tell like if somebody wore a certain kind of shoe like what type of music they would be into like if somebody was wearing black cement threes or like you know infrared sixes like 10 years ago you would be inclined to guess that That's they would crazy. listen to like kanye <laughs> right or like k cuddy definitely you know I mean? <clears throat> and it's like that connection because it brings people together it's an icebreaker too you know it's like it's the first thing you may notice like right 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 when either gender walks in the room you're gonna see what they're wearing right that is interesting common ground shared so i I definitely said i'm a retired sneakhead but i I didn't necessarily mention the fact that my style has matured too yeah so it went from like the nikes to like alan edmonds or something like that or you know Uh, and then as you learn more about the game, then you get into, like, the suit supplies and the Indochinos and the, the different little things oh, over he's there. Coming yeah, you get into yeah. the knowledge. We don't let but him get yeah, his so. eyes so often now. We're just stepping back. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's, it's your turn, Jay. So, like, what's, what's up with you? How, sneakers. Um, what's, what's your love like? Uh, I've name? never been into sneakers, to be honest. Never? Not, like... I couldn't tell looking, him, looking today. I get them every, every now and then, but over the past... However many years that I've been on social media acting an ass and getting sponsorships and all this kind of shit, I don't it's really pay for brag. sneakers. Mm-hmm. So it's like when I was with Nike, they send me boxes, it's like, which is crazy that they even do that. Like as a Nike master trainer or even as a Nike signed athlete, they just send you mad shit. You don't even ask for it. They right. just send you shit. And half the shit they send you is heat. But you're like, yo, wow, are you only sending 100 pairs to these stores, but you're sending 100 pairs to all these influencers and all these people? Mm. It, it, it allows me to see that the shoe market that we've created, because sneaker culture is culture. Right. It, it, it derived from roots in hip hop. Right. You know, like, which is still a very, like, it's a black texturized experience. It's a black narrative. But then you look texturized. at the sneaker world, you look at the sneaker world, and I look at hype beast sneakers, I look at the resale market. It's all white, it's all white boys making mad bread. Facts. Right, right, right. Mad bread. And, it, and to me, it just. It baffles me. Meanwhile, the person who like defines their style is forgotten about. Can't even buy it. Right. Niggas that believe in that shit from the core, that grew up with their dad and moms in in, in Brooklyn somewhere, you know, buying them the shit. Like, they can't even afford it now. Right. But you got a little thirteen year old Instagram selling this shit for eleven hundred dollars, and it only costs one ten. It's right. America, man. It's supply, America. Supply and demand. Capitalism. capitalism you, know? you know all those. And so when you look at, at the system, you're just like, wow, like. When you really look at the root of, of, of the system in which we're in, you just see how much influence yeah. uh, we have right. and how much affluence we don't have. Right? Hmm. And that talks you know, to your so point like, about the hip-hop industry. Same thing. It's like, you know, being the foundation of that, the, gener- the generator of, of both of those things, too. You know, in terms of the sneakers, <coughs> that's, you know, even basketball, sports. Everything. All these, you know, very seldom do you see uh, the owners. Fuck no. But I do this. own... A bevy of phone posits because mm-hmm. I grew up in PG. <laughs> of course. I do what part of PG? A, Shout it out. I grew up in Fort Washington, Maryland. Okay. Right Fort Washington. Okay. Baby. My pops right. lives in Fort Washington. I there partially grew up over there. there. Shout out to I didn't Fort go to high school there or, or middle school or elementary school. I went to a Landon school in Bethesda, Maryland. Shout oh, Bethesda, Landon. Which is probably why I talk like this. Shout out Bethesda. <laughs> oh, Potomac. Um, <laughs> but, like, sneakers, I still care about them because, like, a girl, a girl told me, I went to Howard, and a girl told me it's my freshman year, my sophomore oh, year, that she goes, you know, the first thing I look at when I meet a dude is his fucking feet. The first thing I look at is his feet. That's what I was talking and about. And I was like, word? 
And that was it triggered me. I was like, okay, well yeah. now I'm gonna start caring about my feet. Yeah, get that. Nigga, I was That's wearing nigga, I, I I went to private school, so like I didn't even care about sneakers at all. Right. I was wearing and ones. I didn't give I was wearing vans. Yep. I was wearing uh DC shoe company. Yep. I was listening to Chevelle and and, and System of a Down, Mud yeah, Vane. Like yeah, I was, I was just a different kid. I right. was a different kid. So when that girl told me that at Howard, I was like, Oh, this what they like. Right. Oh, this what the shorties is on. Okay, well, I'm going to go out. I'm going to spend every refund check I get on sneakers. So that, <laughs> that, that's what developed my sneaker habit really in college was like, I'm going to just go every refund check I got. Yeah. If it was over 1000 nigga, I spent at least 900 yeah. on sneakers. We, we ultimately did and I was fresh. everything for women. <laughs> yeah. We do it, bro. Out of the day. We were yeah. talking about that last night. Yeah. Son, Literally. Every, at we the were talking about the all. power of... I don't know if I can say it, but the power of of, of women of, of the vagina yeah, of women yeah. of the vagine. Yeah, of that's women. that's 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 we come out of it, which is the craziest thing in the world. Yeah, and we still live in a patriarch. Yeah, we come out of them, and we and they still fighting for rights. Without them, we wouldn't even be here. Exactly, it's not possible. Now you and, need us and, too. And it's funny when you like talk to different people or get down to it, like the things that make. Make up like hyper masculinity or whatever. Like the women don't really actually care about. They don't. <laughs> like the, 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 it's the, all the facade. all the money, the shoes, the the, the, the cars. Even they don't the, care. Even the physique. Like I had like a girl two, told two, me two dudes could walk in the same room. One could look one way. One could look the other way. But if he carries himself a certain way and treats women well, the game is over. It's over, bro. Let's let's ask Elise. Uh oh. What was What's that it? same question, Tom? Tom. What was it? <laughs> do women care about the things men care about? So first question was, do you look at the shoes first? Uh, no, I don't look at shoes first. I look at your face first and how uh, uh, that works. How you look at me. And then I, I might look at your clothes. Wow. Shout out Elise. Elise has been, been different. Shout out Elise. She's been different, different, different. Videographer. Wow. That's good. Yeah. Content that was capture. a hell of an answer. Genius. At least I'm single. I'm gonna just tell you. Hey, right I'm not single. I'm <laughs> yes, not gonna announce that on any platforms. I'm definitely not single. Hey man, <laughs> love's in the air. Listen, you understand any- me? <laughs> oh, so we didn't even go through some of our normal segments, right? I mean, right, right. What's in the we back? didn't even do? Hold up. Word the of the word day. of the day of the day, oh, sponsored by Dictionary.com. They're not paying us yet, but they better. Kind of not. Not really. They need to pay y'all, man. Yeah. Today's word of the day is consternation consternation i have no idea what that means break that down because i don't know consternation <laughs> consternation a sudden real. alarming amazement or dread that results in utter confusion dismay so Damn. i'll use it in a sentence that was quite when the Trump consternation got elected, i was in consternation <laughs> yeah uh, he's brought a state of consternation to us <laughs> that's a good people one. are mad confused or i mean i guess not that's constipation i was about to say i gotta go to the bathroom but Hey, but that can put that, yeah, that yeah, my consternation <laughs> is that I'm in I have constipation. Ooh, I think that works as a sentence. That works. That's not a confusing. personal. So that's, I that's completely true. missed that, that's but not I, a don't per- <laughs> I don't know if I want you to repeat. It. I'm not professing that, but uh, I'm not sure I want you to. I'm repeat. just saying, if I was constipated, I'd be in a state of concert, consternation. See, anyway, oh, oh, state oh, of confusion. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right, yeah, and I'll go ahead and do in the bag. In the bag is a segment that we do each week. Okay. So Kobe recently sat down with Baller's Life, popular basketball highlights YouTube channel, to discuss his experience over the years playing and promoting basketball in China, as well as coaching his daughter's AAU team and giving pointers to pro ballers post-retirement. 
From his answers, I gained a much better understanding of the coined Mamba mentality and more specifically how it applies to creatives. So it's four steps that I kind of etched out based on what he was saying in the video. So step one, you got to endear yourself with the community you're marketing to. So Kobe grew up in Europe, so it was easier for him to be more comfortable out the gate than most players when it came to international trips, um, being a visible presence and ambassador overseas. So Nike basketball camps in China, Olympic exhibition games, etc. For us, that means similarly, we have to build a rapport with peers in our space. You got to get a firsthand look at your target audience. You got to immerse yourself in your target audience and try to see things from their perspective. Step two, learn the rules of the game. When explaining his philosophy on coaching his daughter and other youth players, Kobe stressed the importance of perfecting the fundamentals of basketball before any and everything else. Every game slash market has rules, both written and unwritten, so try to learn them all. Uh, try to pick up trends and patterns in how you see peers and or predecessors, and predecessors to what you were doing, how they operate. Study different, uh, this is number three, study different frameworks and methodologies that have been successful. So Kobe goes on to talk about how a few of today's stars are often compared to him in his style of play, but for different reasons. So he pointed out, yeah, people compare me to Russell Westbrook, but really it's because we have the same aggression. Or, you know, uh, when I really look at myself and, you know, my feeling like I was slept on and being a stone cold killer, I relate to Clay and Steph because out the gate when they first entered the league, they were kind of seen as the same. So, you know, for us, that means you got to know your competitive advantages. You got to exploit opportunities where others may not be checking for you and find pain points. So areas where most of the landscape is not visible to, underestimated or simply not understood. Um, and the last step, you know, after he told his daughter, you know, I'm going to train you the full fundamentals. He said, only after you know the fundamentals and the rules will I open it up to you to just be creative. So step four, inject your creativity. Once you've done all the work, you know, having familiarized yourself with the lay and laws of the land, use your creativity to naturally cut through the noise. You can't have one without the other. You can't just inject a bunch of creativity into a space thinking you're going to have traction if you haven't done the groundwork. You know, it's like an iceberg. 90% of it is underneath water and what people don't see. Uh, so to sum it up, similar to Kobe and the Mamba mentality is ultimately do your research, lay the foundation, and then from there you can be as creative as you want. And that's what's in the bag. Wow. Hey, yo. Flat out, son. Those this podcast doing. needs to be popping. Appreciate that, man. That was that in the bag series is nice. Thank bro. you, man. He does nice his little thing. educational piece. Appreciate hey, man, that. I like you, man. Thank you, bro. Thank <laughs> you, bro. You know You're what? welcome on the show whenever, man. I really enjoy this, man. For real. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So we got about three minutes left. So this kind of leaves. Oh, hold up, Bimo. Do you got a thoughtful question? Bimo. I'm sorry, I'm tripping. I'm thinking Thomas. Tom Tom. Tom Tom. Bimo. The ghost of Bimo is in the building. Shout out to Howard. You would have had uh, two bison. Ain't you in the building. Um, in, he definitely would have had two bison. Yo, Tom Tom is on a roll today. So, Tom Tom, you got a thoughtful question? Um, I don't know if I have a thoughtful question. So Damn. Okay. All right. We can just the, o- the only question I can I got think- a thoughtful question. What's up? What's up? I mean. The only thoughtful question <laughs> I could think of is uh, I before this conversation, I didn't necessarily know, Ant, but I, I didn't uh, catch what you actually curated. So, me? I just bring people together, honestly. Like, I connect that gap, you know, that people may have not thought of and certain people I try to bring together. Like, me and Matt actually have another mutual friend, which is Amir. Amir from home. Yeah, home DC. Yeah, yeah, the one we were speaking on earlier. I'm going to speak on Ant's behalf. Okay. Talk that shit. He's a bridge. Okay. Some people, you know what I'm saying, you meet and you're like, yo, wisest person in my life. I right. start questioning things because that's naturally what we do. Right. And then over time, you realize, like, oh, I'm starting to, oh, oh, I get it. Right, right, right. The man knows how to connect dots that 
simply you don't even know are there. Connect the dots. You're like, how did you know? How do you know this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy? Sounds like Tom Tom. Yeah, I'm just out here living life. You know, it's beautiful to watch it and play, bro. For real. Yeah. So we definitely got to get both of you all back on the show. Love the discourse. It's been a good opportunity. Yeah, like this is an amazing. Man, listen, I'm gonna leave. Can I? It's one little poem somebody sent me recently. Oh shit, my nigga, we got bars. All we right, got a couple go. of bars now. It's right. not. It's, it's just a. It's just like a poem that just kind of sets people up into. I'm gonna just read it because it's dope. All right, Lexi, do we have time for a few bars real quick? Or it's just All a right, poem. Lexi, right, wrap it up. A, we gonna wrap it up with that. All right, so it, it starts. It says, "Hello, I don't know everything about you, but I know what you are not. You are not your job title. You are not how many friends or followers you have. You are not what you wear." You are not just your religion. You are not only the color of your skin. You are not your parents. You are not who you were as a child. You are not your test scores or your achievements. You are not the words others use to describe you. You aren't even what you see in the mirror. There are no words for you. You are, and that is enough. Wow. There it is. Hey, clap it up. Let's go. Wow. Hey, wonderful episode. Hey, so let's go around the table quick. Follow me. First off, follow uh, over the shoulder at OTS.pod on Instagram. That's right. At OTSpod on Twitter. Yes. Uh, follow me, your co-host, Backpack Matt on Twitter, at Backpack Matt on Instagram, at Mr. Backpack. That's M-I-S-T-E-R Backpack. Tom, Tom, what's up? Thomas the Great on IG. Tommy Pickles on, on uh, Twitter, P-I-C-K-L-Z underscore before all that. All right. Um, and what's what, what's what's the tools of the trade? You, oh, I mean, yeah, break we, it down for them. Tools of the trade. Just go around something quick that's really helping you get through. Uh, right now, <laughs> I would say it's uh, this uh, website called CBT Nuggets. It, I'm in IT, so that gives me a lot of like training videos. So I'm trying to get promoted and shit. So, so yeah, that's mine. So, My, yeah. Mine recently has definitely been sleep. Amen to that. Because I never have I enough. Did, yeah, did, definitely haven't had enough. And right now, I'm trying to get it, catch, catching up with all my rest. So, Mark. sleep is, is my thing right now. Sleep is, is crucial. And yeah, so. for sure. For me, man, sleep is very important. And ultimately, I just try to catch up on that as well. Okay. So, socials. At Honorable Ant on both? Underscore Yeah. Ant? So, it's Honorable Ant on Instagram altogether. And then on Twitter, it's Honorable underscore Ant. Talk to shit. Jay, round us um, up. Instagram, Jossie Cunningham, just at Jossie Cunningham, at J-A-C-Y, Cunningham. I uh, don't have a Twitter. I have a website called thejossiemethod.com. You can check it out. Um, and what's helping me right now is uh, waking up and working out. That's helping me right now. Oh. Beautiful. When I added that, too, actually reading in the morning has really helped me. Jossie himself actually helped give me the technique to read at least 10 minutes a day, 15 minutes. And ultimately, just try to get some knowledge. Try to learn something new every day where you can. Word. And we're going to finish off with that. Peace. Peace, 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 peace. peace. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio. Broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on Mixcloud.com slash Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at FullServiceRDO on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.